Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Winchester Radio. Susan, our normal, regular host, she's off partying with the supernatural people in Chicago at the convention. So it's just me and Vinny, and we have a great guest, Danielle, Danielle TPD from Twitter. She's joining us tonight, and we're going to be talking about this week's Supernatural episode, I'm No Angel, and um, just, you know, get a little bit out of the way. You can always find us on our website, winchesterbros.com, through our Twitter, at Winchester Bros, and through our Facebook page. And if you want to call in and have a and chat with us tonight, our call-in number is 347-205-9801. Okay, Vinny, why don't you get it started? First of all, I want to thank everybody who follows us on Twitter for doing so because we are now over 100,000 followers, which Woo-hoo. is really mind-blowing. And we thank every single one of you for following us and putting up with our constant tweets. (laughs) Um, And it does mean a lot to us. So we have over 100,000 on Facebook and on Twitter, and it really does, like in all seriousness, mean the world to us, and we appreciate every single one of you guys. Uh, As far as the episode... I like being it. so gung ho on this, yeah, being so gung ho on this season, I'm gonna give the episode a B minus, um, because I think for me, there are a few things that saved it from being, you know, more in the C C minus category. I didn't love it. I thought the pacing was really strange, um, and I thought it dragged in a lot of places. But I do think that the moments that were strong were really, really strong. Um, for me, and we're gonna, I'm gonna get this out of the way. The fact that he's calling himself Clarence, I don't, I don't. Nothing else matters in life to me. I don't care about anything else. Uh, that just, my heart misses Meg so much, and I just needed that little bit. I needed it. Uh, so I'd like, I do want to thank both writers for whoever's idea it was to do that. I appreciate you greatly. I loved it. I loved it too. When he first said that, I was like, oh, oh. I just loved it. Yeah. So. Oh. Um, I do. Uh, that's gonna be, I'm gonna I'm gonna start by saying I give the episode a B minus, and then you know y'all wanna chime in well, with some details on that because. Well, I have I mean, we, we I have about this in a in a private message, and I don't know that you want me to bring this up, Vinny, but um, one of the things oh, that well, I mean, one of the things that that we that I had said when the episode aired, and I'm not recapping it, so I didn't get get to go into much detail, but I felt like it was, I was watching two different episodes. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very odd thing to see Castiel be the focus of the story away from the boys. Um, it's not the first time we've seen that, but it was just with the side-by-side stories, I felt like it was two different shows. And I think when you say that, you know, it was paced weird, that might have been why, just because we had to still do all the things that every great Supernatural episode does with, you know, the angel of the week, but then there was this other thing and this coming-of-age story for this now-human guy um, that I, I kind of honestly felt like 
didn't feel like it's into the supernatural world in the way that I would have expected that story to be told. Um, and I'm not saying that it's, I'm not saying it's, it was poorly done. I was just very surprised by the way that that side of the story was done, um, partially because I kind of felt like if you if you weren't a fan who looks at every photo online before the episode airs, if you don't read the summaries, if you don't read press releases and interviews, if you kind of want to stay spoiler-free as much as you can, you were supposed to believe that April was just this girl that brought home this hobo and then had sex with him, and you weren't supposed to know that she was actually tricking him. And I had a huge problem with that. I just felt like they did not give the audience enough credit. I felt like there was no way you would have believed that character if you didn't know something was up. And I felt like if you're supposed to know something was up, well, then they should have revealed that to the audience earlier so that you're, you're with her rather than kind of being emotionally manipulated. I don't know. I had comment about the whole April sleeping with her in just a second, but I do want to say that normally this writing duo I'm not a very big fan of, and but this episode is probably one of the, you know, probably I like it the best out of all of this duo's episodes because I'm usually, their, their episodes to me seem to be the weaker ones usually, but I really like this one. Mm-hmm. And um, as for the April thing, I was confused because I was so sure that uh, April was April up until mm-hmm. the next morning. And so I was confused as right. to whether she was the Reaper the whole time or if she just came in overnight, you know. But no, the, here, uh, once we get the reveal, to me it's implied that she's been April the whole time that we've right. known her. Yeah, she right. has been. I mean, she says that. They say that within the episode, too. And, and that was, honestly, that was my problem with it because I just felt like if we're supposed to think she's just some woman who's, like, super trusting, I don't buy that woman as a woman who can exist in the human world ever. Mm-hmm. So I <laughs> Hands that something was off right away, and then just if you're going to tip the hands, you should. I, I feel like you should have showed the audience that that yeah, she was the Reaper and she was tricking him. And then I feel like in that aspect, what if you know that, and then you watch him kind of going through this, this gambit of human emotions when he doesn't know. I feel like you would have felt more for Pascal in that moment. But I mean, look, that's. That's how I would have written it. I'm not clearly a writer on any show, so I'm sure there's a reason they chose to do it the way that they did it. I just, it was not my my uh, favorite way of doing it. Yeah. And I think when you, not only that, but it kind of messed with, with no explanation, and messed with the canon as well, because as, correct me if I'm wrong, but I could not think, when Reapers don't possess. Okay, I've, I've, because you're not supposed to be able to see. I didn't understand the rogue reaper thing to begin with because you're not supposed to be able to see a reaper until you're dying. True. So I can I can deal with Bartholomew being able to see Maurice because he's an angel, so he can see another spiritual being, whatever. But I can't. I can't. The I way, can't rationalize April being possessed and being being able to see her. The 
the way I figured it, because, you know, a lot of people were upset because they were saying, you know, since when are reapers angels? Um, the way I thought of it was, well, I can totally see reapers being a form of an angel. I'm fine with that. I see how that can work. And the part of possession, yeah, we've never seen that before either. But they had, like, she took a vessel. April, the yeah. reaper, who, you know, April was a real person. That wasn't the body of the reaper. So, you know, it, when the reaper who possessed April, in her regular form, we wouldn't have been able to see her unless we were dead. That's the way I think of it. Okay, but then we go back to the issue of the possession. And I have a really, this is something we discussed before, that I get why they do it as far as budget and timeliness and storytelling but I have a big issue with them constantly going for the kill with disregard to the vessel. Especially when we get something where you're, be, you're being told that April's a vessel, and then you're being told that she's apparently this really great chick. She's super sweet and awesome, and, and now she's no more. Well, yeah, I, I think that's just she's a not. The reaper who took her is. Yeah, so well, I mean, like, the vessel said, too. I mean, I think you kind of have to, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, she's definitely dead. But, I mean, I think you kind of, I look at them as two separate characters. Like, there's the the vessel, the person who was the vessel that on this show we mostly never get to know. Um, and then mm-hmm. the person they are when they're possessed by whatever they're possessed by. And I... I don't know. I guess that that doesn't bother me as much as I know it bothers a lot of people just because, I, I mean, it's, it's just how this world works. You know, like they've done episodes before where they talk about, him, you know, that whole storyline with Sam trying to save people by just exercising the demons and, and not having to stab the vessel and, and kill the, the human who is within We've seen them deal with that, and it's not always super effective, and it's not even always positive possible. So I kind of maybe I'm just dark and twisted, but I don't really mind. I mind. I don't mind that it happens. I mind that there's no acknowledgement that Sam and for Sam and Dean that they have zero thought process about it. It doesn't even occur to them that it's something really, really well, morally ambiguous that they're doing. It. It. I just Sorry. It used to it used to bother them because you know they talked about like today TNT did a marathon of season one and two episodes and we saw yeah. in, in Devil's Trap you see Dean talking about having to kill the demon guy who was beating up on Sam and how you know that mm-hmm. made him feel and everything and I think it's just over the years of them doing so much to this and going to hell and going to heaven and all the fifty million different horrible things that have happened to them that they've just become desensitized to it. Yeah, I it's agree. just one of those little quirks that I just want every now and then for them to, for them to understand that we understand that what they're doing is really sketchy, and that they know that what they're doing is sketchy. Because if you if you just jump into the, you know, now we get reruns on TNT and all this. If you fall into the show at like season six, you're going. I don't really want these guys to be saving my world. Keep killing people. It's creepy. <laughs> I like the Sam. I like the Sam and Dean are creepy. I find them terrifying. So I, I, there is a twisted part of me that kind of digs it, but I want some kind of occasional mention of it. It's just a weird quirk. It's a weird quirk I have about the, about the about Ruby's knife and now the angel blades. Just those it's like those quirky little issues I kind of have sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess that's, yeah. like on the line, if there's you know if there's a 
per, a, a vessel or a person or somebody that they are attached to that they have to then face that again, I could see them struggling with it again. I don't. I can't imagine though that the show would necessarily like take the time to have them have either a conversation or even just like a look over you know, some random person, because that's the thing. Like, yes, they're desensitized, but also these are random people, and to a degree, if they say yes and they let something terrible into their body, maybe they are terrible to begin with and don't, maybe it's not so terrible that they're dead. I don't know. I really rationalize this stuff because I just, I don't. (laughs) And I think I would rationalize it better if they don't have a line that tells me how awesome April, real April really is, that she's such a nice girl. Don't tell me that and then kill her vessel. Like, dude. <laughs> yeah, if I totally get told, that. If they hadn't put in that line, I could totally hand wave and be like, well, she's a sketchy human. Because we do have the episode with the guy who's, um, I always forget the name of it, the guy who's a serial killer that's possessed. Oh, yeah, that was a great episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rico so, Man. You know, Rico Man. Have, yes, Rico yeah. Man. So we do have that, which always reminded me of an angel with um, the little boy. Oh, the, the demon and the, the kid. Demon. And the yeah. time was like, oh, my God, let me out. This is horrible. Let me out. I love that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to the actual, like, uh, meat of the episode, I do – I really like what Castiel was able to do, and I enjoy a lot. And I, one of the things that I was excited about for this season – is getting to see Castiel alone um, mm-hmm. or on his own and having to deal with things on his own. And so I like the idea that this fallen angel turned to a, I think it's what, St. Anne's Cathedral for, um, and it's a, they say he went back to the church. That even though he, yeah. you know, his faith is shaken and he has, he has nothing that his, the only thing he knows how to do is, you know, go to the church. And we see that, you know, multiple times through the episode. And I, I really like that he's still trying to find his faith. Mm-hmm. Um, the episode of him in the, in the church with the woman who is just adamant about her faith, I thought that that, that whole scene was per- very perfectly written, wonderfully acted, beautiful great direction. I, yes. That's I don't think that actress saves how I feel about this episode. It really is one of the moments that really saves how I feel about this episode. Yeah. I don't know who that actress was, but she was absolutely perfect, and it was just a very gorgeous scene. And it it made it really made you think about you know if you have that much faith, you know does that you know even though what Castile was saying was true, I felt what she was saying was true as well. Even though we know that the angels aren't up there, but still her faith could still do have power, I felt, you know, so I really like that scene. Yeah, um, I mean, at the time, though, I kind of feel like it made his situation that much more tragic. Because mm-hmm, exactly. Wanted that, like, it doesn't, you know, it's not the truth that matters to, to a lot of people. It's what they believe, and, you know, he kind of can't believe in anything because he knows what's really going on up there. So, I mean, you, I mean, talking about, like, liking seeing him alone, like, I'm really fascinated by how the episode ended and how, how he has to go back out on his own again after just having had 
a really tough situation, and he's so much more vulnerable than we've ever seen him. And how is he going to be able to deal with that? Like, how is he going to act, literally just survive? Yep. Oh, that last I, – I was really, really loving seeing Castiel with the guys in the bunker. And you could tell, see how much he was – he just felt safe. You know, he was not on his own. He had a, a shelter. He had clothing. He had food. He had friends. And then when Sam – when Dean has to tell him he has to go and that look on Castiel's face, it was just, oh, so sad. And I hated it for him so bad because you could just – you can just feel, he's like, well, what am I going to do now? Yeah, well, exactly. I have to say that, yeah, this is one of those episodes that really suffers because of promotion. Because usually whenever, you know, we get promotional stuff to to post, and it's very, there's a lot of misdirection involved. And this oh, I thought episode you were going to say it was too spoilery. I'm sorry? I thought you were going to say it was too, like, you knew too much going into this episode. Yeah, I really feel like we knew that April was going to turn on Castiel. We just didn't know at the time, was she demon, was she angel, turns out she's a reaper. That's the only thing we didn't know. Um, right. we, knew that, we knew that Dean was going to tell Castiel he, he can't stay. We, there yep. were so many things, that, there were so many really important parts of this episode that we went into as a majority, when I say a majority, an online majority, yeah. Not a casual viewing majority, but an online majority. We went into it knowing. So it was really, and I watched with my mom, and my mom doesn't, she doesn't go online at all, but she's a very, she's a very serious fan of the show. But she yeah. doesn't go online at all. Um, there's very few things. She'll occasionally listen to the podcast. She reads my recaps. And if mm-hmm. I tell her to go read somebody else's recap, she will. And then she always reads the roundtables we do with Clarissa. She always reads those. Nice. Um, so she's very, she's very much what I consider a casual fan. And so she didn't see things coming. And even she had issues with, like, the April reveal. She was like, uh, she was sitting there going, why is this woman taking home this grungy, dirty man? Like, I get it. He's Misha Collins and he's attractive, but no. <laughs> so, yeah, I really feel like, for me, knowing that at the end, knowing that what was coming it lessened the emotional impact of mm. having Castiel just be so happy to be there and having food and a shower and friends and clothes and him just being like, I, 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 everything's going to be okay. I can do this. It lessened the emotional impact for me because I know I'm literally looking at, you know, the DVR bar going, well, there's about a minute left in the episode, so Dean's about to kick him out right now. Yeah. See, I, I didn't know the spoilers. How how did I miss them? <laughs> but I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea that April was going to be a bad yeah. guy. I had no idea that Dean was going to be kicking Castile out. I post news on the website. How did I not know the spoilers? I don't know. Like, <laughs> and that's the thing. That's the thing about doing, you know, like what Danielle does, what we do is you yeah. can't. You're never. You're never spoiler free. You're not. It's just an impossibility. But and that's, usually, I mean, I, that, I mean, that's come out when I was in Georgia. <laughs> I think so. I think Possibly. So. I don't know when that was. I mean, I honestly, like, that's one of the things that Jensen and Jared had talked to us about when we were up on set. Mm-hmm. I debated whether or not I would run that quote because 
at the time, we didn't know when it was going to happen, but very quickly when the CW released the episode summaries or even episode titles, I was like, okay, I know exactly when this is going to happen, and if I, I don't want to run it in like a tune-in article for the episode because I totally agree with you. I think it, it ruins, that is one spoiler where I think it ruins it if you're sitting around waiting for it to happen. I mean, it's still emotional, mm-hmm. but it's not... And you can still definitely get something out of watching that scene, just as you guys said, you know, looking at his face and realizing how hurt he was. But it is something that I think if you didn't see coming would mean that much more. And yet, of course, for me, it is part of the job to run it because it's quote-unquote news. So mm-hmm. I get it, and I get that I'm part of the problem, and I apologize if it ruined it for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's how, that's how you know, again, to be listening, like, we are part of the problem. And I feel sometimes I do miss the days where, you know, I was spoiler-free because they're, you know, were I'm, you, again. Like, huh? were you ever spoiler-free? Because as a fan of the show, I like, used to be really good in seasons, in season three and four. I was really, really good about avoiding spoilers. And I'm really good about it now. Like, whenever, like, I'm, I'm Mountain Standard Time, and I don't get, I don't have, I have Time Warner Cable, so I don't have an East Coast feed or anything. So, you know, everybody else is watching the episode two, two and a half, three hours ahead of me, depending on when I get home. And I'm really good at avoiding spoilers. Even if I go through my Twitter timeline, I'm just really good at it. It's just something I have a skill for. The only thing I actually got spoiled for outside of promotional for this episode was I was scrolling, and when someone said, oh, my God, he's Clarence, because my eye just went, Clarence, what? Because I have that whole, like, you know, Meg Castiel, I really enjoyed that dynamic. That's the only thing I spoiled myself for, like, outside of promotional. Um, we ha- but we I'm have actually really call- good at being, a- I'm really good at being spoiler-free. We have a couple callers holding. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the one that's been holding the longest. So. Hi, welcome to Winchester Radio. What's your name and where are you from? Hello. Hello. Hi, welcome to Winchester Radio. What's your name and where are you from? Uh, my name is Adam, and I'm from uh, Houston, Texas. Hey, Adam. What's your co- did Hi. you have a comment or question? Actually, yeah. Um, you know, to be honest, I just got on the show right now. Uh, who, who am I speaking with? Uh, which character? Oh, we're Becky and Vinny and Danielle. We're fans of the show, and this is our podcast. Oh, okay. Well, actually, I was just wondering, uh, do y'all by any chance know if uh, they might bring back Sam and Dean's uh, dad? Uh, no plan would, to do it. Yeah, I wouldn't look for it to happen. Jeffrey D. Morgan's a pretty busy guy. Yeah, I figured that. He's been doing some uh, some shows lately, huh? I've seen him on a couple of shows. Yeah. If he, but, if he uh, ever comes back, I would see him maybe possibly coming back whenever the show ends for the finale, maybe. But uh-huh, yeah. I don't ever see him coming back before then. Wow, because that, that, that would be pretty cool to see, you know, for him. some For some reason, you know, since the angels have fallen anyway, uh, you know, they, I was thinking there might be a, a chance where he has fallen down there, too. Hmm. Oh, that would be interesting. That's a good point. Yeah, that, that's, that would be a cool story. I like that. But, uh, you know, um, oh. but, yeah, to be honest, uh, I, I just tuned into the show. I, I, I just want, like, you know, like to hear y'all keep talking. <laughs> oh, thank you. 
Thank you very much for calling, and just keep on listening. If you decide you have something else you want to talk with us about, just give us another call. I will. I will. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. And let's see. We had a whole bunch of callers holding there, but a lot of them hung up. We've still got one holding, though, so we'll pick this one up. Hi, welcome to Wake Radio. What's your name and where are you from? Hi, my name is Emmerlina Jake. I am from Tinley, Arizona. Hi, thanks Hi. for calling. Hi, yeah, I have a question. I'd like to know if there's going to be like a happy ending or a sad ending for the season finale for Supernatural. I mean, oh. like, like, like I said, the angels have fallen and, you know, Megatron. I wonder if he's going to have, like, a big retaliation against, you know, Earth, between Earth and Heaven, or Crawley, of course. We have no idea. (laughs) But I would guess Supernatural never has a happy ending, so, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, like, um, I mean, mean, now I guess. It's going to be happy, happy as they can be. Yeah, I mean, well, the good news is that they haven't said this is the final season, so I would I would expect that it would be another big cliffhanger like last year to go into a potential next get his grace back. I I'm 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 mixed on whether I want Castiel to get his grace back or not. I don't know. I like him in Castiel, but then I can see how it'd be like, well he really doesn't have a use you know, if he's so I'm mix, I'm I'm mixed on whether or not I want him to get his grace back. Yeah, um, I think uh, throughout the whole season from one through eight, and I think that, you know, he's been like a, a good and a bad, good and a bad, and like he has to choose between who he really is and stuff like that and who he really wants to be at the same time. Right. But Dean told him that he has family and he considers Castiel family. Mm-hmm. But I would also like for Castiel to get his grace back. And I, I come down firmly on the side of wanting Castiel to have his grace back. I don't – I think the humanity will be a nice experience for him, but I I would like him to be who he really is, which is an yeah. angel. Yeah. So for me, for me, it is very much that I want his grace back. And I liked what he mentioned in this episode, which I thought I'm assuming is some kind of foreshadowing when he tells April not to kill him because if he was the last ingredient – he may he's oh, probably yeah. necessary. And so yeah, I'm hoping that, that was a big thing and not a throwaway because I do I, – I like when things come full circle and that would be a full circle. But for me, I know I know like a lot of people kept saying, you know, bring Castiel home to the bunker. And my, ish, my personal issue with that is oh, Castiel's home is not the bunker. His home is heaven. And so for yeah. me, I want him to get his grace back. I want him to be able to go home. So for I, I I really assume that this is going to be a redemption arc for him, and that his redemption will be his his redemptive prize will be his grace and his home. Yeah. 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 That that was what I was thinking throughout the whole. I mean, since season nine started. Yeah, I was kind of pissed off that his grace was taken away, and he all of a sudden, you know, came human again and 
he's finding out the human, you know, the human world, the way it works and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it'll yeah, be right. important for him, like he's like he mentions to April that you know his his downfall was his vanity. Yeah, and thinking how like under overestimating his importance, and I always felt that Castiel's problem was his ego, his hubris. So mm-hmm. I think oh, yeah. his humanity will help him work through that, but I want him to be able to work through it and get 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 past it. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Well, that was my question. I thought I'd call in and... It's a good question. Yes, right. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for calling. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you for talking to you guys. All right. Bye. 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 Okay, we've got two more people holding. So we've got a lot of callers tonight. So I'm going to take the the first one that's been holding the longest. Welcome to Winchester Radio. Give us your name and where are you from? Brandy Gilbert, and I'm from Kentucky. Woohoo, I'm another Kentucky girl. Yay! (laughs) So, Uh, my question is do you think Sam and Dean are going to part ways once Sam figures out he has an angel inside of him? I hope not. I want that's Sam. That's usually what happens. That, yeah, yeah, you're exactly I, right. I, I want him to realize that Dean did what he had to do to save Sam and not be mad about it, mad at him for it. Yeah. No, I want him to be mad. I want him to take issue with it. I want... I love Dean Winchester because he is such a fallible character and I love fallible characters. But I really need Dean to have to take responsibility for this, aside from just yeah. him having to this internal turmoil he has. I want somebody to go, you know what you did is really screwed up, right? And he go, I know. I yeah. really, really need that because we've never really had Dean to have to own up to something like that. And so, but, uh, but, but I, I don't want Sam to leave. I want them to have the issue. Yeah. I want them to have the fallout, and I want them to work it out. I don't want the pattern of, well, then I'm leaving, but I'll be back in three months. I want Sam to understand that if it had been the other way around, he would have done the same thing. Well, well, yes, it depends on if he thinks how much of the memory he gets back. Because this That's is one you know, he, he, was, he was ready to go. He was ready to say, like, I had a good run and, you know, who else could do what I did and maybe, you know, yeah. this is it. And then Dean swooped in and said, I can't live without you. No, you're coming back, which is more about Dean than it is about Sam. So, I mean, I would lo- what I would love is if they can actually have that out, you know, have that understanding of it's more about me and my needs and my insecurities and codependence than it is about you and you have every right to be mad. And maybe he would have done the same thing if he was in Dean's shoes, and maybe he wouldn't have. He's always, Sam's always been a character that's, been able to go out there on his own and try to have an, a regular life. So I don't know. I mean, I think that you, you're right. Like they, every season, there's a, when someone's keeping a secret from someone, there is that pocket of time and that pocket of episodes where the truth comes out and they go their separate ways for a little while. And I have a feeling that we'll get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of the formula, it's kind of you know it's the pattern of how 
the seasons have been unfolding and, you know, they kind of figure don't break, uh, don't fix what isn't broken. So I feel like we're going to stick to that again. Yeah, I figured Sam would be mad because, like, before it happened, he was telling Death how he didn't want no one to sacrifice yeah. their lives or anything for him. Exactly. But uh, that was my question. Good question. Good question. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you all so much. Thank you. Thanks for calling. It's great to talk to another Kentucky gal. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Okay, we've got three more calls holding. So I'll take the first one here. Welcome to Winchester Radio. What's your first name and where are you from? Hi, my name is Jackie, and I'm from Ohio. Hi, how are you? Hi. Hello. Um, I am a new listener, um, first time calling in, a new listener, and I just want to tell you guys, I am so glad to have found out about this because usually after I watch a Supernatural show, I'm yelling at the TV, so it's great to have <laughs> feedback back, so I love it. Awesome. <laughs> And Okay, I had more of a comment more so than a question. Um, I'm a really big Dean fan. Um, I totally agree with what you guys were saying before about Dean. Um, However, I've been having a couple issues with Dean the last couple episodes. Um, It kind of first started when, um, oh, I can't can't remember his name, Uh, Kevin. Um, when Kevin was really upset and um, about his mom, he was thinking about leaving the um, that place that they're in. And I understand the reason why Dean, you know, was telling him, no, you can't go, you can't have revenge or whatever. But I feel as if he didn't – I felt like, okay, well, what about when their mother was killed? They didn't – you know, Dean didn't remember how – he was all about trying to, you know, once he found out what was going on and really knew that he had a chance to try and go after um, the demons that killed his mother, he wasn't taking, you know, Kevin's really his feelings into, you know, into consideration. It was about, you know, what Kevin needed to do for them. And true, I understand, you know, it's to, to save the world and, and, you know, and all of that. I get that. But it was more about what Kevin can do for him than, Kevin, you know, needing to do something for himself. So that's kind of where my issue first started with Dean. Second thing that happened then was um, just kind of the way that he treated Castiel. I just, I feel like, I'm, I'm not sure. I, you know, Dean has always been kind of a rough around the edges character, and I've always really loved that about him. But he always kind of had a heart of gold, especially when it comes to Castiel. And for him to just so, you know, quickly and blatantly tell him that he had to leave, I kind of felt like, you know, the old Dean would have at least, you know, maybe argued with the angel that was saying that Cassio had to leave, something. It just seemed like he fell so quickly, fell in line so fast. And so, I have, you know, I kind of take issue with that. I have 50-50 on that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I completely agree with the first part. Yeah, I completely agree with the first part of what you said, 100%. Yep. But my thing okay. with Dean, I, I felt it was really in character for Dean to go, wait, because part of my issue with Dean's um, speech to Kevin, and I hadn't even thought about, you know, taking taking 
the vengeance away from Kevin, that's a really good point. I hadn't even thought about that because I was so busy being angry over the fact that I felt like Dean unintentionally, unintentionally manipulated Kevin because there's a caveat when Dean says, we're family, we stick together, I die for you. And the caveat is, you know, there's a giant asterisk saying, unless Sam's in, unless Sam's in jeopardy, and then all bets are off, you're all, you're all bait, you're all fodder, I don't care. See, I don't think that that was unintentional. I really don't think that was unintentional. I think he knew exactly what he was doing, and I think he knew what button to push because he knows that Kevin doesn't have any other family. So I think that was Ooh, interesting. purposely done, you know? And that's kind of like where I feel like it's he's kind of sort of starting to slip a little bit. His it's, Yes, it's always been about Sam and saving Sam and all of that, but it's, I don't know, he's really kind of like on a slippery slope to me. Um with the way that he's going about things. He's always been, you know, even, well, the moral character, yes, even though he does all the bad stuff and, you know, all of the other stuff, but he's been, like, the heart of it. You know, when it comes to, like, a real moral compass on right and wrong, you know, besides, like, the food and the girls, obviously, but, um, you know, when it comes to right and wrong, it's been Dean that has been driving that about what's good and what's bad. And, I don't know. I kind of feel like he's he's kind of slipping. He's, he's overshooting his mark. I'm almost wondering if maybe it's becoming more of an ego thing with him as well, as if he can't hmm. possibly be wrong. It's either got to be his way or no way. Interesting. Because I was really giving me the benefit of the doubt, so it's interesting to hear a perspective that kind of isn't. So I... I dig it. Yeah, I just kind of just felt like he's losing his way a little bit, and it was, you know, starting to upset me a little bit because I really do like his character, and it just seems like he's changing and not for the better. I, I've never even looked at it that way. I'm like, Vinny, I never thought of it that way, and now that you bring mm-hmm. it up, I can totally see it. And so I guess mm-hmm. we just have to wait to see how it plays out the rest of the season. But, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. It's a new way of looking at it. Oh, you're yep. very, very welcome. Thank you so much for taking the call and for doing this. I love it. Thanks. We appreciate and it. Maybe, thanks. Oh, sure, sure. Maybe the next time I'll call in and I'll talk about the issue that I have with how they portray angels on the show. But I guess that's for another show. Okay. We look forward to it. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, now we've still got three calls holding, so I'll go to the next call. Welcome to Winchester Radio. What's your name and where are you from? Hi. Hi. Um, My name's Shelly, and I'm from Ohio. Um, This actually isn't why I called, but uh, what you're talking about with Dean one thing, and it might be me just looking too far into it, but I think he's been doing that for a while. Like, whenever Sam kind of starts to drift from him, he does something to bring Sam back. Like, for example, killing Amy. You know, he's like, oh, she's killing people. But if it was Ben, he would have done the same thing. And it feels more like he's trying to herd Sam back to him, you know? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I see that, yeah. So... I think he's kind of been doing that for a while. But the reason I did call 
was actually about Zeke. Um, one thing was when he was telling Dean that Cass can't stay with them, it kind of dawned on me that we have never seen an angel, not even an archangel, with, like, the blue glowy eyes. And I was wondering if that's a giveaway and that he isn't actually just an angel, you know? And I was wondering what you thought about that. Well, Ooh, didn't Castiel have the, glow, the blue eyes? Not that I'm aware season? of. I don't, I think Last season when he... You're just super angels. You're just thinking of... Misha's beautiful blue eyes. That's what you're thinking of. No, there was. Oh God, I'm so bad with I'm so bad with episode titles. But where he like super angeled and broke the tablet. Oh, I think I think I remember yeah. that. I'm you're, pretty sure. He may I'm pretty have. Sure his, I have to. I'm pretty. I'm that. pretty sure we didn't notice because his eyes are that blue. But I'm. I think. I think. I think. I think. I think. I would have to go back and check though. Yeah, we'll definitely have to check on that because. It does seem like I can remember seeing it, but like she said, we don't remember seeing any of the other angels do that. Mm-mm. But it seems like the I can only remember, other I, like monster she... I can recall that had eyes like that were the Jin. So that's mm-hmm. yeah. And along those lines, I it's when um, Zeke, Zeke woke up and healed Cass, brought him back from the dead. Mm-hmm. His eyes didn't, his eyes didn't flash blue. And so I, I was wondering about that, but I don't know if it's just because Sam was unconscious at the time, so the eyes didn't need to flash blue. I don't know, but I was wondering about that. Yeah, because um, I know a lot of people are saying that Zeke might be Lucifer, but I was like, well, I don't see it because it doesn't fit, and the eyes kind of bug me about it because Lucifer's eyes never did that. And Exactly. Yeah, I I, yeah. I, I don't I don't ascribe to the whole uh, Zeke is Lucifer thing. It just I can't wrap my head around it. But yeah, no, I don't I don't, think, I don't yeah, see I don't it. That, yeah. Um, another thing that I've never heard anybody mention about the Lucifer thing is that um, in season five, I think it was. I keep getting season five and six mixed it up for some reason, but. When Sam says yes, he has to, like, jug gallons of demon blood, which he doesn't do. So. Well, that was for Lucifer, and Lucifer, you know, well, he was yeah. the most powerful. And, I mean, well, you know, I mean, as killed... far as Zeke being Lucifer. Oh, yeah. Right, exactly, Agreed. exactly, right, yeah. I completely agree with you. Aha, uh-huh, somebody tweeted Good point it. on that. Somebody tweeted us a picture of Cass with glowing eyes. Referring to your current okay. call, here's a Cass with glowy eyes. Can't remember the exact episode, though, they said. But, yeah, it's Sam. It's Castiel with the big wings showing. It looks like he's in. That's the scene, I mean, yes. Yeah, Crowley. It was in Crowley's little science bunker thingy there. Was Is that mm-hmm. what it is? Yeah. Yes. They're not blue, but they're glowy. Okay. Okay, we'll see... We'll, that's what, that was my thing initially. I was like, are they just glowy and it's because Misha's eyes are blue? But now that Zeke's eyes flash blue, I didn't think it was weird because I remembered that. But at the time, I didn't go, ooh, blue flash. I just went, hmm, pretty blue eyes. Because, you know, I'm shallow, whatever. <laughs> that was my first reaction, too. Don't feel bad. <laughs> All right. Well, um, do you have any other questions or comments? No, I do not. So I'll... 
get off now. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank you very much for calling. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Okay, three callers holding. I will take the next one. Welcome to Winchester oh. Radio. What's your name and where are you from? Hi, I'm Adina. I'm from Wisconsin. Hi. Hey. Um, okay, so hello, everyone. This is really cool. Um, so first thing I want to say is, is when I first started watching Supernatural, I crammed, like, all of it in, like, two months so that I could watch this season. That's just started up. And I made it in time, so I was really excited. Um, I think when I first started watching, it was really interesting because Wisconsin was mentioned so often. I'm like, gosh, we must really be haunted or something. (laughs) (laughs) And it made me kind of paranoid because I'm like, gee, I feel like every time I turn a corner, there's going to be something crazy happening. But anyways, (laughs) um, so I really um, found it interesting when, like, Zeke was introduced into the equation because up until, you know, chaos, of course, but until Z came along, we always have met all these angels that have always been a little bit shady or rough around the edges and things like that, you know, not what everyone expects them to be. So, you know, I think a lot of people have hesitancy, like, well, where's his rough around the edges sort of thing? And when I saw, you know, like how, um, like, tethered Zeke's wings were, it makes me think, I wonder if, like, with angels, how roughed up their wings are it's kind of like um like a medal of honor sort of thing like with soldiers you know like how many uh like medals they've got on their coat maybe with angels it's kind of like how rough up your wings are it's like how you know many battles you've been through and come out uh alive on the other side and i always thought that was kind of a cool thing to look at because you know it's not all the time you see the angel's wings it's only like in really unique moments um, and I just thought, you know, that's kind of a cool thing to think about. Um, and then that, here was the other thing I was going to say. Oh, go ahead. The wings thing, I think that's really interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way. I just assumed they were in bad shape from Ezekiel's fall, that they were burnt, that they burnt oh, through the fall. Oh, that could and, be too. Um, but yeah. I like Theory better, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and then um, another thing is that, like, with Chaos having turned human, I thought it was um, really uh, interesting, you know, like, um, not necessarily even just, like, how he's reacting to being human, but how Sam and Dean have reacted to him being human, because they've only ever known him as the angel. Now all of a sudden they're seeing him as the human, and it's quite a bit different for them. And I'm wondering... Like, you know, if if Cass stays this way for an extended amount of time, how are they going to cope with, like, teaching him, like, hold on, don't do that, you're going to get yourself killed, you know, if you just grab onto that frayed wire or something, you know. Um, and I just thought it was really interesting because that's going to ho- throw a whole new spin on things because Cass, you know, was like their angel mojo go-to guy, you know, when something went really wrong, he usually could, like, poof him out of the situation. Now he can't. Now they're going to have to start looking out for him usually. So I thought that's going to really put a different spin on things because instead of their guardian angel coming to save them, you know, it's going to be Sam and Dean maybe doing more of the pull. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then and just like uh, another side note is that I always thought it was really unique, like to, as because I'm learning to be an actress. I've been doing a lot of acting, and that's kind of my field, art and acting. So 
I always thought it was really interesting, like, watching them act, like, whenever Sam goes from Zeke mode to Sam mode, from Sam mode to Zeke mode, you know, watching Jared do that was just really impressive because, you know, to just so quickly switch from one um, personality character to another, I just find that really amazing how they can do that, you know. And so it's almost one of those things I wonder how their brain works with those sort of things. So, yeah, those are my thoughts anyway. I agree, yeah. Jared is doing an outstanding job flipping him back and forth, and, yeah. Mm, It reminds me Definitely. I went to a Billy Joel concert one time, totally off topic, and he's Mm -hmm. playing piano and the harmonica at the same time. And I'm like, my brain not play two instruments at the same time. And, you know, Um, kind of the Sam Ezekiel thing, you know, kind of reminds me of the same thing. Definitely, yeah, because they gotta like kind of like switch really close, to, like right away. So probably has to like uh, almost like think of both of them and switch immediately. You know, like stay in character for mm-hmm. both, but only as one at a time. That's kind of a mm-hmm. interesting concept. That's a neat way to think of it, actually. Yeah, actually, um, that's a really wow. apt analogy. Yeah. Um, Oh, by the way, wanted to say because of, you know, like uh, the, um, our wonderful Impala, you know, um, it's really inspired me in my own life because I've got um, a 92 Buick Century. So it's like less than a year from being able to be a collector car. And it was my grandfather's car, then my mom had it, and now I have it. So it's got like this long, like, pass down, you know, history. And it's this great car, and it's sturdy. And I look around, and I'm like, um, saw this picture of where someone um, had, like, a really new Impala car, like, posted, like, I've got an Impala, it's awesome, and then below it shows the uh, Dean's car, and it's like, oh, come on, please, and I just thought that was <laughs> kind of funny, because I'll see, like, newer Buicks around, and I'm like, no, 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 mine is way better, <laughs> so I've kind of got that same, like, this is my baby mindset, and ever since I started watching Supernatural, I kind of nicknamed my Buick has, but the license plate we've got has been the same license plate we've had for all the years um, and stuff like that, so I'm thinking of, like, if I ever get a custom name plate, I want to get it to say Kaz, and then the last three digits or letters on um, the car that I have, on the license plate I have now, and kind of have it my own and a little bit of uh, fandom related to it. Um, And that's just, like, my car that I bring with me everywhere, and it's got, like, just like the little soldier that's in the back ashtray of Sam and Dean's car. You know, I've got, like, certain things about the Buick that I remember all the time. Um, And, you know, that's just something that's kind of, like, stuck with me is, like, you know, sentimental value is sometimes more than uh, monetary, and I always thought that was kind of neat. That is very cool. Family and and stuff like that is always a big thing. So, And that's just something that really stuck out in Supernatural to me. But anyways, I know there's people on hold, so I'll stop hogging the line. <laughs> Thank, Thank you for calling. calling. Yeah, thanks for doing this. This is awesome. Oh, right. it. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, we have one caller holding, so I will go to the next caller. Welcome to Winchester Hello? Radio. What's your name and where are you from? My name is Melissa Morgan. I'm calling. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. 
my name is Melissa Morgan. I'm calling from Brandon, Florida. Hi, Melissa. Um, I thanks a lot for doing this. I just uh, I really just wanted to call and let them know that we just really enjoy the show tremendously from every aspect of it. It's very well written, and I have to say that the actors are just top notch. They're just terrific. We, we agree. We agree with you. You on hold or here? How often do you all do like the call in radio station or call in for this? We um, do it. Every we do week it after, every week. After new episodes. Well, this is the first time I actually saw it advertised about it tonight. But and we didn't. I, we never know where to you know, listen or find out information about this. We, the only time we don't on. take callers is if we have a guest. We tend to not take callers when we have a guest. But if we have no, or uh, we have a guest from the show, because we do have a guest today. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't forget about you, Danielle, I swear. Um, <laughs> but if we have a guest from the show, then we tend to not take um, callers. But any other time, we are completely open. Okay, like tonight, um, you don't have to forgive me. I, I, I was not aware if you had a guest or not. I did not hear that. Oh, no, no, no. Um, if we yeah. did... Um, We'll, we'll announce if we have a guest. Like last week, we had Director Guy B on, and next week we will be having Felicia Day on. So during, you know, when they're on, we don't take callers, and we will announce okay. that and everything. So, well, we just wanted to say thank you very much for doing it, and the show is just wonderful. Thank, well, thank you. you. So we appreciate that. Well, I'll and let you, you guys can all, go. I'm sorry. You go can ahead. get um, follow our website winchesterbirds.com. We always post about our podcast there. And if you're okay. if you're on Twitter or Facebook, we post about them there too. Perfect. Well, you guys have a great night. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. And we have no callers right now. Man, that's the okay. busiest we've ever had. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if you're out there and you want to call, and we didn't, you hung up before we got to you. We're free now. You can call. So. Three four seven two zero five nine eight zero one. I'm still fascinated by that blue eye thing. Like I'm still thinking about it because I don't know, and it's bugging me that I don't know. <laughs> yeah, now that I want really to go back point. and watch yeah. and, and try to figure out if his eyes just flash or if they actually flash blue. I need to, I need to know now. I think they're flashing blue, but like I almost wonder too is how much of it is because their effects team is so much more involved, you know, they've, they've added more people and they're able to do mm-hmm. more. You know, I mean, like, we look at, you can look back in the evolution of, you know, just even the demon smoke and see how in season one it was just this, like, wispy line of smoke. And when we saw it in later seasons, it was so much more, and it wasn't because those de- demons were more powerful. It was because they could do more with the effects that they had. So I'm like, I wonder how much of it is actually just a production thing versus how much of it is, no, no, it's specific to the, that particular angel. Yeah, because there is also yeah. a difference between when when Jimmy accepts Castiel yeah. versus versus this episode where we had the, the whitish blue smoke, which is a really cool effect. Yeah. But, but I, don't, I mean, know, it, it's, it's, it's definitely an evolution as far yeah. as the VFX team. Alicia Alley on yeah. Twitter just tweeted us a screenshot of Cass's eyes glowing blue. She doesn't remember hey. where she got the screenshot from, but they are blue. It's yeah. that episode. I swear to you, it's that episode. I just, you know, 
uh, I really doubt episode titles. Well, I, you know what? I should have lost. I was up there. We had the VFX people in front of us. We were on a tour, and I didn't ask because I didn't think about it. But now I'm kicking myself. Yeah. We're going to have to. Someone, just, someone's going to have to either. Uh, we, need, we need confirmation. We'll tweet them. It's fine. Ryan, Ryan's on Twitter. Oh. Yeah, That's Ryan, true. Curtis, listen. Yeah, Ryan's you. really good about. About Ryan's really good about answering questions. I appreciate him. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, we have we have another caller. Okay. Hi, welcome to Winchester Radio. What's your name and where are you from? Hi, my name's Kathy. I'm from Connecticut. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Hi. Just want to first tell you guys I love listening to the podcast. It's great. Um, and I want to ask you guys, what do you guys think about um, Zeke? Do you feel that he is just an angel who has um, an agenda, or you think he's a tool for, like, Metatron or for somebody else? Okay. We want, I want him to be a good guy so bad, because there has to be more good angels than just Castiel out there, you know. Yes, that's and, my feeling. Like, I'm, I, I, oh, we talked about this earlier, too, you and I. Yeah, well, you know, I were having a discussion before the podcast actually about it. I so want him to to be a good angel, but I know the writers are playing with us because this this last episode, it just had such a, a a little sprinkling of ulterior motive there, and for him to just tell Dean, you know, cast got to go, with no real reasoning behind it. Um, so you know, it kind of leaves us on the sense of you know, is he or isn't he? So I, I I like the thread that they're they're giving us. But like you said, I would really like to hope that he is a, a good angel. I personally think he is. I mean, I think the fact that Cass vouched for him is a lot, and I think that his time on Earth can change how much goodness is in him and how much he has to kind of adapt and play a little bit more ruthlessly. But I think he might. I think he's one of the good guys right now, and I think he's genuinely helping Sam because he's helping Sam, but he's also helping himself. Um, I just think it's interesting that, you know, we saw this side of him in the last episode where he said it's, it's you know, me or Cass because he's got such a target on his back. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be basically a casualty. Um, and that's not necessarily something that I would have imagined most angels, based on the angels we've met in this show, to say. So I don't know what his backstory is or if we'll even get that and how closely it might, you know, lead to the actual Bible. But um, that to me was, I think, the most surprising thing and the most just like he's not, he doesn't want to stand and fight. He pretty much, it seems like, wants to flee in a weird way. What what do you think, uh, what's going to be the defining factor of him being well enough to leave Sam? And do you guys think that... um, if Dean says it's time to go, you know, you've been there, let's say, three, four, six months, however supernatural time goes. Um, I mean, can you envision this this angel just upping and leaving just because Dean says so? That's been my yeah. concern about Ezekiel's um, the whole time, motivation. Yeah. yeah, It's not so much that I think he's going to be, uh, for me, or hopefully, I don't think he's going to be so much a bad guy, just that, like I keep saying, Sam Winchester is prime real estate. Yeah. Who wants to Who wants to leave such a nice house when you know 
so I, that's my only thing. I really, I really want the idea of one that there's not an that Castiel's not the only air quote good angel, because for me Castiel and part of what I really like about him is that he's kind of an antihero, because he's motivations. You know, he's he's got that. Very Sam Winchester for me. They're very parallel characters for me. Um, but I don't want. I don't like the precedent of all angels except Castiel are bad, and that's pretty much all the show tends to show us. Right. So I would like the idea of Ezekiel being either air quote good or just normal in a way where he's not really mustache twirlingly yeah. evil, but he's also just kind of just selfish in that way that. Everybody is selfish. Yeah, I, that's. I don't think. I don't. I, that's kind of why I, I don't think it'll be Dean to say to him, "Hey, you have to go. It's been too long." I feel like Dean will let him stay as long as it takes to get Sam fixed, and Ezekiel will say, "All right, I'm done now. I'm gonna leave." And then it becomes a matter of has their bond grown enough that maybe he stays around to help them with other things, but in his other form, not in, not through Sam, or, you know, does he kind of go off on his own um, and, you know, kind of try to navigate the new world by himself? I don't, I don't see it as being, being the one to have to say to him, hey, it's, you know, it's enough. Because I feel like he's done so much to make Sam okay that, and we saw him again choose Sam in this, at the end of this last episode, so I feel like he'll let him stay as long as he needs to stay, as long as it means Sam is going to be perfect when he's done. I was thinking more in the lines of, let's say, you know, once again, Supernatural Time, six months down the road, and Dean's like, hey, yeah. Z, you know, Sam's got to be better at this point. Don't you think it's time you should leave? Or, you know, let's do a test oh. run. Have you leave a little bit and see how Sammy does? So that Dean gets more proof that Sam is healed. And for me, once, I'm a Dean girl all the way. So, you know, um, I think Dean is the longer Zeke is there, the less Dean is going to trust him. Hmm. I could see that. I, mean, I could definitely see I think, that. I think that would be the smart way to go because, you know, it's, you know there's a big job in there, but at the same time you don't want him tinkering with your brother. So, yeah, I think that if he is, in, if he is still there in six months, that might be an issue that comes up, a conversation that has to be had. But, um I don't know. That's, I don't know that it will be that long. I kind of feel like they're burning through some story, and it's not mm-hmm. actually going to be. Uh, it's not actually going to take that long to get Sam back, and, and then have to then deal with the second part of the story, which is, wait a minute, you lied to me. You know, you, you basically didn't tell me that I had this guy in, working through me and stuff. So. Oh yeah, gonna, I, I feel like storytelling wise, it's going to get really old, really quick, if they don't do something like, oh, wait, Sam got knocked out, and then Ezekiel saves the day. That's poor storytelling. Yeah, it's going to get old, like you said, it's going to get old yeah. quick. Yeah. Right. All right, ladies, I, I appreciate you taking my call, and like I said, I love the show, and, and I listen all the time, and keep up the great work. Thank you so much. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, we have three callers on hold, so I will go to the next one. Hi, welcome to Winchester Radio. What's your name and where are you from? Are you there? Hello? 
Hello? Sorry, okay. I had you on yeah. mute so that I could listen. Um, this is Rebecca, okay. and I'm from Boston. Hi. How are y'all? We're good. good. How, are you? How are you? Good. Um, my question is, how do you think Sam is going to react when he does find out that he's had an angel inside of him all this time? Oh, he's going to be angry. I can yeah, guess he's going to be angry. Yeah. Um, do you think I Dean think Sam, I think Sam has such issues with other people having agency over his own body that the, the fallout for this one is going to be pretty pretty intense emotionally for him. And he even kind yeah. of commented on it in this episode when he called it inv- mm-hmm. called the angels invasion of the body snatchers. So, yeah, right. But why, <clears throat> if I remember the episode right, Ezekiel was kind of letting Sam go along with finding Castile. Why mm-hmm. all of a sudden now is it that Castile needs to leave? You know, why I, is it that... Go ahead. I mean, I... No, I kind of saw it as, you know, it's one thing to want to make sure your friend is okay, but it's another thing to say, hey, he's moving in with us, and now, you know, this beacon for everybody else who was trying to catch him is now, you know, sharing quarters with me. I think, I mean, that might be giving them a little more credit than, that might be reading into it a little bit, but um, I kind of, you know, I feel like, there's only so much he could have done if he had said, no, don't go after Cass to make sure he's okay. I don't think Dean would have would have put up with that. Um, but once they found that, once they got that to that point, they found him, he saved him, and then it was, oh, and by the way, now he's we're going to keep him safe by putting him in the bunker with us. I think that's where, you know, Ezekiel kind of had to draw the line and say, well, I'm not comfortable with that, so I'm going to leave if, he doesn't leave. And I, I don't know, a lot of people say, you know, it's it's the ultimatum of it's him or me, a lot, and then there's the other camp that says, well, you know, if you're not comfortable with the situation, you, you do the mature thing and say, I'm going to remove myself. And that's kind of how I saw it from Ezekiel. I didn't really see it as him saying, you pick me or Cass, and he picked him. Um, but I kind of just figured, you know, listen, he, he's a good, I think he's a good guy. I think he's He's got good intentions as an angel, and he obviously proved that by saving Castiel's life. I don't think that he necessarily wanted to keep them apart as friends. I just think that he didn't want to be around if they were going to, you know, continue on with him because he is drawing so much attention, and it's dangerous attention. Yeah, because I and I, I think that for me, if he didn't, if he wanted Castiel gone, the perfect opportunity was the fact that Castiel was dead. Exactly. Dean doesn't, yeah, Dean doesn't ask him to heal him, and he could have easily said, you know what, I'm using all my energy to, say, to, to heal me and Sam. I can't heal him. I'm sorry. And yeah. without even being prompted, he immediately goes and restores Castiel's life. Yeah, so that's that kind of why I, mean, yeah, I think he's a good angel. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you, or has anybody else felt like eventually... Sam's going to catch on 
to having somebody else in because of the fact that Dean has to um, kind of come up with something really quick when Sam comes oh, yeah. to from having Ezekiel, you know, take his spot for just a few minutes to discuss with Dean. Yeah, I think that's kind of going to be how it comes to a head. I think Sam's going to have the whole, you know, missing time and picking, you know, conversation threads picking up in weird places. I think he's going to start to notice that. And I think my theory is he's going to start to think that something's wrong with Dean, not himself initially. I think he's going to think it's Dean first. Hmm. Yeah. But in a way, with... Ezekiel being inside of Sam, it, it's done good so far. I mean, especially in that um, one part where all those demons were in the same room, and if Ezekiel hadn't done what he did, then Sam might have, you know, got killed. That's how I saw it. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Exactly. I, think, yeah. I, I think from the outsider perspective, and I think, like, once Sam gets over the emotional, like, personal side of, hey, I didn't have control over my body for for a while. I think that that's the conclusion he would come to. But I, I definitely, like, I wouldn't be happy if somebody made a decision for me. And ultimately that's what Dean did, you know, by saying, hey, you can, you can go through my brother and, and heal him. And Sam didn't, Sam wasn't the one to actually really say yes to that. So, I, I mean, I think long run he'll come around and he'll see that side of things for sure but I think it's going to take a while like whether he figures it out or whether he's told but I, I don't know I don't know if he's going to start to figure out something's wrong I think he should because I think already Dean's answers are a little weak you know what he said no all, what happened with Cass I was like really come on now you got to think faster because that wasn't a good answer right and I I can see Sam being totally heartbroken because right now he's happy. He is so happy, and he's able yeah. to go out in the morning <laughs> and do things. And, and he, when he finds out that the only reason he's happy and feels this good is because Dean allowed mm-hmm. an angel to possess him, I think he's going to be really – it's a fake happiness and not a real happiness. Well, I, but I do think that – I have a big issue. I think I, I, think I mentioned it last week, um, but I have a big issue with – Sam being like, oh, my friends and family, when they're not your friends, they're your brother's friends. But aside from uh-huh. that, I think that part of why Sam was willing to go is because he could see that he had friends and family and he was just so exhausted. Mm-hmm. Once, he, um, once he's part of what's going to resolve the issue for him is seeing how his life is for, on the Winchester curve, it's good. It's in a good place, and that I hope that that goes towards him resolving how he feels about it. Yeah. Yeah. And will Dane actually come out, like in the next episode, tell Castile why he can't stay and what's going on with Sam? I don't know. I don't. I can't. But and it's not. In- Episode. The, ne- the next episode is the um, Wizard of Oz, Felicia Day return. Oh, that's episode. right. So, right. Yeah. So, I mean, I yeah, think 
eventually I do think she, he will confide in Cass, and I'm sure that might become a point of contention with Sam too. You know, hey, you told Cass what was going on about Ezekiel being you know, healing me, but you didn't tell me. But um, I don't think that will happen immediately. I mean, there's Cass has to go off and be on his own again for a little while, and, you know, supposedly from everything that the boys have said, it's pretty funny when he goes, you know, him navigating the human life again, and then he comes back. Um, in a few episodes to the boys, and at that point, maybe he'll maybe he'll be able to say, "Look, you know, it wasn't really me. This is what was going on. You know, you know that whatever we care about you, we're friends, but it was too dangerous." Um, I would like to see that. I would like to see them actually having these conversations and being mature adults. But you know, <laughs> as we've seen, that's not really the Winchester way all the time. No. So no. Yeah, and kind of spinning off of that, one of the concerns I had about Dean telling Cassiel that he has to go, because I thought, like I said, I thought that was completely in character for the situation, but how is he going to explain to Sam? The last thing Sam remembers is they were having this great conversation about, you know, everybody party at the bunker. Yeah, and yeah. And all of a sudden, how is he going to justify that to Dean, that Dean, within a split second, that Sam can't remember even happening, he made this no. decision for the both of them, or for the three of them, really. You know, I feel like it might just be one of those things where the one lie snowballs into other lies, and maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's like, a, oh, Cass didn't want to stay permanently. He wanted to go explore what human life is like or whatever, and, of course, you know, that's not really true. So maybe that's also how some things start to come out later. Um, I, I kind of feel like Sam might be told that, was going on with him before he finds it out himself, and that would be a really easy way for them to do that. But I don't know that mm-hmm. they will. Be. Hmm. That was a great question. Thank you for calling in and asking us. Thank you, and y'all have a good night. You Thank too. You. Thanks for calling. Bye. Bye. Okay, we have four callers holding. I uh, will take the next one. Welcome to Winchester Radio. What's your name and where are you from? Hello? Hi, I'm Courtney and I'm from Michigan. Hi, Courtney. Courtney. I've never done this before, so kind of bear with me. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, I have a couple of questions, and one of them is kind of not... It's kind of off of the episode. Like, I I read something online that Misha was actually homeless when he was younger, and I was wondering if you had any thoughts about, like, how that affected his acting as Cass. Like, do you think he pulled from those memories to, you know? I, I, would, I, would, I would have to say definitely, you know, if he's actually, you know, if he ever actually went through that, I'm sure, you know, he put some of that, into his acting because he remembers what it's actually like to be that way. Mm-hmm. And then the other question I had was, like, how do you think, like, him being back on the street is going to change it, cast? Because you know how in the first episode of the season he wanted to save all the angels? And now mm-hmm. he's kind yeah. of like, well, crap, now they're all trying to kill me, you know? So he doesn't really know... You know, there's like a fine line. He's kind of walking. 
Right. And I was, you think, like, how he'd be, like, well, these angels still need my help, but now, you know, Bartholomew's, like, doing all this crap, and, like, it would, I, if I was cast, it would be really hard to judge, like, what to do next. Now that Dean's kicked him out, and now that he's back on the street, you know, like, what's he going to do? <laughs> I'm assuming he's going to go very much into initial survival, like, uh, survival yeah. mode for himself before anybody else, but that's just... You know, to beat the, the to beat the the dead horse, that's the human instinct. It's to survival, is to survive. So I'm assuming he's going to look out for himself first and not worry so much about. Well, it seems like in the I first know. episode he was more for all the other angels. <laughs> like he didn't care he about had, himself. Yeah. I feel like him having experiences that he just had with. I mean, we saw some really. We saw a, a, a really wise dichotomy in the last episode of there were these human people who were so giving and so kind and helped mm-hmm. cast, eating food when they had nothing. And then we saw these angels who were supposed to be his family who have turned on him and, yeah. you know, took a vessel and basically killed him. So I yeah. feel like, it's, you know, the, how much we see of him exploring his own humanity, I think it's going to be more about him trying to figure out, like, what kind of a human can he be mm-hmm. with not only not having the human experience, but, you know, having an experience as an angel that maybe isn't um, isn't as conducive. I mean, there were things that he yeah. did as an angel that he obviously cannot do now as a human, and there are people or there are ways that he has has always fallen back on that he doesn't have now and it's I feel like it's kind of starting from scratch in a weird way yeah. like he you know he might I don't I, I don't know this to be true but I feel like he might find a way uh, of might find himself kind of saying I need to embrace humanity like I I respect who these people are so much more than I did before and I need to find a way to be a good person before worrying about being a good angel or going back to that like I personally kind of want to see the struggle of does he even want to find his grace or does he want yeah. to try to live with me? Mm-hmm. That's you know, how I, and I, don't, I, wanna... I don't know. I don't know that the show is going to do that. And, and Nisha has said that's kind of something that that is in the back of Cass's mind at a certain point is the fact that the grace is out there and should he try to find Metatron and confront it? And well, I don't. That leads, that leads the question of what will he do when he finds it? Like, will he still? Like, Right, and I don't want to, like, cross fandoms at all, but, like, I felt this way about the Vampire Diaries last year, too. You know, should Elena take the cure and become human, or should yeah. she? I, I always want it to be the character's choice. Like, I, if he finds exactly. Metatron, I want it to be his choice whether or not he takes his grace back. But yeah, and I, I don't really want, like, us to be the ones that choose for him. Right. Like, I don't know. I mean, I do. The fans and be I like, do. oh, well, the fans want his grace. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I do think that the conflict for him, you know, the it's going to be, what do I do? I think that mm-hmm. is what it's going to be, is do I choose this? Which path do I choose? Do I go back to who I was or do I continue now as I am? I yeah. would imagine that's going to be a big question that he's going to have to ask himself towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. If not, I think that will probably season. be the finale. I'm wondering if that's going yeah. to be where they end it. Um, I think the I think the finale will probably end a little more Winchester centric, just because that's the show. But well, yeah, I do I mean, think that. But I think I it'll do be think like that. The arc. Probably, I, I have a feeling that his 
his choice to be an angel will actually be something that has to be decided before the finale because my theory is that he will choose to become an angel again. He will choose his grace and that they're mm-hmm. going to need him to be an angel in order to deal with whatever they end up dealing with. That's my yeah. theory. Bring the trash yeah. out back. <laughs> No, but I, I, don't think, I don't think the I don't think the fan base will be anything that decides for the writers what's going to be what, because the season's yeah. more than half written and they, they've already oh, made yeah. plans for the end. I didn't know oh, yeah. that. So that I don't think no matter who pushes for what and whatever you know if you have ten people saying do this and nine people saying do that the writers aren't going to necessarily pick the ten or the nine. Yeah. They're going right. to go. That's great. We appreciate the feedback, but. We were already going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, to a certain degree, you know, there's there's only so much they can do organically for the story, but also if you have ten people saying one thing and nine saying another, you're still going to you're still gonna upset people. Like, you're never going to be able to give somebody everything or oh, everybody no. they want. So yeah. as, long as, as long as it fits the story and, you know, uh, yeah. I, I have yeah, this I'm thing. A- I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it coming a mile away, but I also yeah. Want I don't want it to be like oh, well, I saw that coming. Right. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm upset that I'm upset that Meg's dead. Right. I'm always going to be upset that Meg's dead, but for the story, it made sense, and I move on, and I tune in next week. Yeah. So, I have one more question. What did you guys think of the the scene where he's sitting in the pew and the girl's talking to him about faith? Like, I really, like, because I'm struggling with my faith right now, and I think it really hit home for me. Like, I feel like Cass kind of. And so Uh, I thought that it was the thing how he reacted to her. Yeah, we talked about you guys think. um, We we talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, I kind of just said, like, I found that scene super tragic for Cass, personally, Mm -hmm. because... You know, whether whether whatever she said to him, you know, he he knows the quote unquote truth, and because he knows the truth, he can never have mm-hmm. the kind of that someone like her has. Yeah, and I felt like that just really it was a really unique situation for him, for any character to be in, but also like it just I think shows you how important belief is because mm-hmm. if you you know. Well, Becky, what did you say earlier? You you put it really well, and now I can't remember how you said it. It was it was how the belief can get you through, regardless of what the truth is. But I don't remember how you put it. Yeah, it was that even though he knows the truth that the angels aren't in heaven right now, he, she still has so much faith in it that it's still powerful. Mm-hmm. That you know that the the strong faith can still it's still there and it still comforts her. So even yeah. though, you know, it's there. Yeah. And, I, you know, you could say that, you know, the really, like Danielle said, it's tragic, and I agree. The most tragic thing about it is you could arguably, arguably say that nobody has more faith in God in heaven than an angel who's, you know, exactly. been there and been in his presence. And so mm. to be someone who has the most faith and go to being someone who now can't even have faith because they, like say, we know he knows the truth. Mm-hmm. That's, that's probably the most devastating thing of all, that, like, to be like, yeah. no, no, I actually knew that he, you know, God was there, and at one time God listened, and, you know, right. now we don't even know where he went to. Yeah. 
that was the hardest scene for me, I think, because I said, like, I struggle a lot, and, like, I felt so much like Cass. Yeah, like, yeah. It was a very yeah. easy scene to identify with, no matter what your your background is, religiously or just in life, because you have to have mm-hmm. faith in life, whether it's spiritual or not. So I do think that that was a scene that was written in a way that everybody can relate to to some degree. Yeah, yeah. and I felt bad for the girl, because, like, we know Cass, so, you know, listening to her talk to him, it was like, dude, open your mouth, tell her tell her something, you know. But, he but I like that he realized, I like that he realized that he couldn't really tell her the truth. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is coming from a character that is so blunt, you know, I have to say things like, you know, we as humans know you don't say, I don't have yeah. wings anymore. It's like people are going to think you're crazy. And yet yeah, well, something see, in he doesn't already know knew, that. Yeah, but, yeah, he, knew, but he, he, he knew agreed to not tell her the story. Yeah, yeah. He knew enough to say, like, I'm not going to shatter this woman's faith. Like, he's already, I think, proving, if we're talking about this season being his redemptive season, like, I think he's already proving that just by little yeah. things like that, you know. And um, Yeah, that was honestly, I think, probably my favorite scene in the episode. It was mine, too. And I have to say that one of the things for me that was so fascinating about it is not as only is he telling her, you know, there's no, there's nothing that faith in, and he pulls it back. What he doesn't yeah. tell her is that you can pray to the angels all you want, but the angels aren't here for you. And exactly. then before heaven, even before they fell, yeah, you know, the supernatural angels weren't listening to her going, anyway. oh, yeah, let's go help this woman. They were going, yeah, we've got other things to do. We really don't care about your little prayer. Here's and he doesn't tell her that. He doesn't break that. He doesn't shatter that for her. Mm-hmm. I think too that like part of it part of it for me was the the moment when he was like he decided not to say what he knew because he was an angel and like you know how way back he quoted saying he's not a hammer of God. I mm-hmm. think that he pulled that back knowing that if he explained his story and that he was an angel and that all this stuff happened, it would have destroyed her and like you know she would have gave up on her husband and. I don't know. I think seeing Cass as a human and having humanitarianism in him is just, like, really interesting because he was so awkward as an angel. Like, he's trying to figure it out, you know? Because I was expecting him, because he does, he's very blunt and he knows how to talk. Like, he just doesn't know how to, like, censor himself. So I was expecting totally different conversation to happen, but to see him realize that she had this faith that he didn't have it was very, very amazing to me, like, to see him see her as, oh, my gosh, look at her. She totally believes, and I know the truth, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. And, like, again, for me, like, I kind of like the idea that he can't be with the Winchesters because, like you said, he has to learn it for himself. So to have mm-hmm. them and being constantly telling this is how you act in this situation, this is how you act in this situation, this is a no, this is a yes, I'd rather him learn those things for himself and be his own person rather than exactly. the people of the Winchesters. Exactly, yeah, and then he'd turn into them. <laughs> he'd turn yeah. it, he'd like follow their, like the episode where he was trying to become a hunter, you know, he was kind of following and acting like them, sort of. And yeah. it wasn't really Cass, it was them through Cass. Mm-hmm. I think it will be interesting to watch as the season progresses to see him become his own human. 
Jimmy is still alive? No. No. Yeah, I don't get how that works. I got to be really honest. We talked about this a little at the end, I think, of last season. Um, and I just, I don't, I just don't get that part of the, whether it's whether it's possession or or whatever. I like, I don't think he's still alive, but I also don't quite understand how he was able to come in the how he's in the same vessel with a different personality. Well, for me, for me, it's that he's, you know, when he exploded in Swan mm-hmm. Song, my yeah. rationale is when he was rebuilt, it's oh. just a vessel. There was Jimmy's gone. And for me, Jimmy's gone at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy is able to rest, and the vessel was, he's been brought back so many times by, you know, as far as we're concerned, it's by God, that mm-hmm. I think it's just a, it's a remolding process, but, but Jimmy's gone. I don't yeah, know, I'm having a hard time I mean, with that because I mean, now that he's fallen though, with, like without his grace, now he's he's basically cast in the vessel that is vessel looks like Jimmy. But that is what confused me because, like when, when we met Anna, she didn't have any of her memories. They were coming back in weird intervals, and they thought she was crazy. Like that's mm-hmm. what is confusing to me is how he's able to. Me cast, but without being well, an angel. Like, in and I don't know. When they were in purgatory, he was crazy, and then somehow he regained his sanity. And the confusing thing for me, though, is like take Sam and Ezekiel, for example, that wanted to possess Cass in the first episode. Like, how would I mean if Jimmy's still there? Can three spirits be in a body? Like, I, I. It confuses me greatly. Like, I just don't understand how they can write all this possession happening and then be like, oh, well, <laughs> you know, cast the dice. Well, and, and so, like I said, for me, for me with, with, with Hale in the first episode, that is very much a Castiel as a human is now the soul of that vessel. Like I said, mm-hmm. for me, Jimmy's gone. So it is right. just an angel possessing a vessel and it would be her inhabiting Castiel's human body. Uh, okay. So it, it, it's just, it's a, for me, it's a normal so it's angel switched. possession at that point. Yeah, it's just switched. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. It's just a very odd, like, thing to sit here and think about. Yeah, yeah it is. Essentially, essentially, it's very, very <laughs> strange. <laughs> yeah. Well, because when the hot white, I don't because, like, when he was Emmanuel, like, what was that about? Like... How did he just randomly walk out of a river and decide his name was Emmanuel and that he could heal people? Like, yeah, I like to pretend well, it didn't happen. <laughs> he got the, he, he said he got the, him and his wife got the name from bouncingbabynames.com Baby, or whatever. Yeah, so he yeah. didn't decide he was Emmanuel. He just didn't know who he was. But right. I had a lot. I had a lot of issues with that. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, canonically, that that episode is just it's a wash for me. It doesn't exist. I'm not even have, I'm not even dealing with it. No. I like the part, I like the end of it, but like the part whole that leading up to the end, it was just like so confusing because was Jimmy alive at that point? I mean, like yeah, I only care I don't think really get the thing, right? up until they get to the mental institution and all the decisions get made. Before that, nah, don't care. Yeah, right. I I just feel like I loved him as Misha as Jimmy. Like I wish, I wish he would have had kids when he was Jimmy the first time, because if Misha would have been Jimmy then, 
like, I think we would have seen a more fatherly Misha, and it would have been, like, really interesting to see. But I don't, I feel like, I don't know, I love him as Jimmy, though. Like, I wish they wouldn't have killed him. (laughs) (laughs) I think Jimmy was a cool balance to cast. And I think Jimmy brought a lot to Cass, like right. the whole part where they do the flashback and he's, you know, you're reliving it with them. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm obsessed with Cass. <laughs> <laughs> I love Cass. Well, thank you, Courtney, for calling. You thank you so a much. Of, a lot of great points. Really good conversation. Thank you. I should, I'm going to do thank this you. again, I think, because I really enjoyed awesome. it. Good. We look thank forward to Thank you so much. Me. Bye. Yep. Bye. Okay, we've got three callers holding. I will go to the next one. Welcome to Winchester Radio. What's your name and where are you from? Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, I am Emily from South Carolina. And um, so... uh, I really enjoyed that last conversation, by the way. Um, so I think around um, a couple of calls ago, you kind of touched on the whole thing about Dean lying and everything. And um, I was just wondering if, so, because Sam always forgets everything once Zeke, Zeke kind of goes in and out of him and everything. And I was just wondering what you guys kind of thought would be kind of like the last straw for Sam, like, when he finds out that he has Zeke inside of him? Like, do you think it'll be from Dean lying, or do you think it'll be from something else, like Zeke deciding to leave or something? Like, how do you think that's going to go down? Because I personally have no idea. I I really do think it's going to be a matter of Sam really kind of freaking out about the time he's losing on, like, a mental health level. Right. I, I agree, because he was upset when he found out that he had been walking around without a soul for a year, you know. So I think, yeah. you know, it'll be the same thing. I think, yeah, I think he'll start to have a crisis about, like, either his soul or his mental health, because those are things he's already dealt with. And I mm-hmm. think he'll kind of maybe, like, have a freak out as far as, like, a relapse of that, and then he's going to have to confess it. I think he's going to have to confess it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, it's definitely that, but I, I do also think that there will be – a big part of it is the fact that Dean made the choice for him. I feel like that that's, that's going to snowball at some point. Um, but, I mean, I have to, like, I wonder the same thing. I wonder, like, what what is it doing to Sam? You know, we had the question of what were the trials doing to Sam last year, and I still wonder, like, now that Zeke is doing whatever he's doing, what is that doing to Sam? Like, it's, it's fixing him in in some ways, but it also has to be changing him because well, and I feel like there are enough pieces that have been shattered that you, when you put the puzzle back together, you know, they won't always fit the same way. And they, you know, maybe something gets left out or something gets wedged in in a way that it's not supposed to. I don't know. Like, that's the stuff that fascinates me. And, like, I, I feel like it makes total sense for Sam to worry about it, but I also kind of it sounds terrible, but I want there to be a reason he's worried about it. Like, I do want to see changes in Sam from everything that he's gone through. Like, it, it should be that way. My concern right, because, is really my concern is really medical at this point because we have back-to-back episodes where Sam is 
hurt to the point where he loses consciousness, and that's when yeah. it comes to the fore. And I'm just like, okay, we know that the Winchesters get thrown around a lot. That I, I, I'm concerned about that, and I'm wondering yeah. if at some point either it's I'm wondering if Sam's going to become concerned about that, where he keeps coming to and things happen, and he's like, oh my god, what is going on with me? Yeah, Something's like going on, Dean. Time and yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, like it's not. We've seen Cass in, in the past just kind of, you know, touch someone and heal them, and we saw Zeke do it for Cass in this last episode, but that's not what's happening here. Like, the fact that he needs to be spending so much time fixing Sam, mm-hmm. it, it should be worrisome. And, you know, if he if he's losing more and more time or if, if it's not an, an exponential thing, but he's just starting to realize, I don't remember, you know, yesterday, yes, that should definitely be a red flag. And we should definitely, you know, start to see some kind of ramifications from that, whether it's with Sam, you know, pressing Dean for answers or I don't, I don't even know at this point, you know, what, how that could manifest itself. Right. Because, I mean, you know, Sam's smart. I, I feel like as the episode's gone, he'll definitely sort of start to figure out things for himself, almost maybe to the point to where he just kind of, asks Dean, like, you know, what is anything going on with me, to the point where Dean just kind of has to somehow tell him that and then, you know, big fallout. But, I mean, and, and Dean's lying definitely doesn't help because he's already kind of starting to ca- like yeah. pick up on that. Like, these things aren't fitting together and, like, I'm not remembering these things that you're telling me and mm-hmm. stuff. So, I don't, uh, I don't know. I definitely don't trust Zeke, but... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt right now. <laughs> I just feel like I have to just because there's so much other stuff going on that, like, I don't think I c- we could handle it if he turns out to also be with them. Right. <laughs> but, like, I mean, I want to trust Zeke, but it kind of was a red flag for me when um, Cass had said, yeah, Zeke, I trust him. We're, he's a good, like, soldier and everything. But then Zeke never, he he wanted Cass gone because it wasn't safe. But, like, you'd think if they were, if they had known each other and they were friends somehow, that he would maybe want to speak to him at least or that Dean would at least want to tell Cass that Zeke's doing this. But yet he's still keeping that from everyone yeah, there's for, also like, the concern a really long that- time. There's the concern that the more people that are in on a lie, it would, is it, two, can keep a, uh, two can keep a secret if one of them is dead. So right. you know, if you let if you let Castiel on the on the law and on the lie and he flubs it and Sam figures it yeah. out and kicks 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 Zeke out of his body and then collapses dead, Dean's not going to risk that. And for whatever reason Ezekiel has, he's not going to risk it. Whether it's altruistic or manipulative, he's not going to risk it either. Yeah, this is the I, I, for whatever reason it is, this is the vessel he wants right now. I wouldn't. I also don't think we should assume that Zeke and Cass were like friends or anything. I think they knew of each other, but I don't, I can't imagine we're going to learn that they were, like, hanging out up in heaven. I feel like it's more of he kind of knows who everybody is, and he's heard things that make him say Zeke is one of the good guys, but even as we saw with Castiel in the season's past, like, you can have good intentions and still end up doing bad things. So, I mean, his vouching is almost something to take with a grain of salt until we know for sure. Because I easily take that as 
you know, Castiel heard that when the faction split and people followed Raphael, Ezekiel didn't, and that's going to make Ezekiel good for Cass. It's going to be, it right. can be that simple. Yeah, but yeah. I don't, kind of, I don't think it's going to be that they actually had uh, a personal connection with each other. I don't think it's going to go that deeply. I think it's going to be a, I've, I've yeah. heard who you are. I'm also kind of wondering what Metatron's doing right now, because, yeah. you know, he expelled all of the angels, so now what? Yeah. I, that's, I don't... <laughs> yeah. I can see Metatron just wandering around heaven, you know, just going everywhere, I mean, checking everything out. <laughs> Everyone's so, so focused on... Because, you know, on a week-to-week basis, the show has always been like, okay, we have to tackle this problem that's right in front of us, and we've got this thing simmering in the background exactly. that we can't quite get to yet. But the thing simmering in the background is always, it, you know, it always grows huger the more you let it just kind of hang there. And that's, that's the thing. Like, I, I, don't, I would love to at least in an episode or two, get a cutaway scene where we, the audience, get to know what's going on with Metatron, even if yep. supposed don't, because it could go, in my mind, it could go in so many different directions, and they're all bad, that I need to see something to know, like, well, what, what, what do you actually want to do? Because my mind will go to the worst-case scenario, and if I don't have to, great, let's, let's kind of um, ease that a little bit. I mean, he's obviously not doing anything good up there, but maybe it's not as bad as I think that it is. So I don't know. I mean, that, I feel like that's not going to be returned for a while. I feel like we're going to spend a, a, a good chunk of the season where we're not faced with him and we're almost not even focused on him because there's too much else to go, that's going on. Um, I mean, it, we also have, like, a bunch of standalone episodes in the early part of the season, too, so I, I don't know that we'll get that answer anytime soon, but like that, yeah, of course. I, I mean, that's fascinating. It's just like, well, are you just up there like by yourself? Like, I'm not really sure why you'd want to be. Well, my exactly. concern is the angels were expelled from heaven, but the souls weren't. So that's, right now it's just Metatron and a bunch oh, of dead human souls, point. and I want to know what he's doing with them. That's a good point. Yeah, my my friend and I were talking, and we were wondering how, okay, so if the big arc is to kind of take down Metatron and restore heaven and everything, we were, like, kind of thinking of different ideas of what can happen, and all of the, like, souls in heaven, we were thinking, because, you know, um, uh, like, I don't know, sort of like kind of a heaven army thing forming, like, not really sure, just kind of thinking up of ideas, but, like, I, I, I do wonder, like, what he's actually doing up there, essentially alone with all of the souls. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, yeah. that's an opportunity, if they want to take it, to bring back some people that we've lost and to see mm-hmm. how they may be now under his influence. Like, that, to me, is what I would love to see the show do. But I feel Me like too. that's almost a very end of the season, maybe even leading into a potential next season thing. Like, I don't know that... If they're so worried about the angels right now, I can't imagine that they're even thinking about the soul. Yeah, I don't think it's occurred to them. Yeah. Which is kind of sad when you think about it, because it's like everybody that they love are up there, but and a lot of them are probably looking for a job to get back on Supernatural, so it would not be a bad <laughs> 
so too. Because you know there is the the hopeful rumor about Gabriel, and this is the yes. only way. This yes. is the only way you can think to bring Gabriel back is that if he ended up back in heaven, and now that he's fallen, okay, then I can justify it. It can make sense because well, you know, you know um, Abaddon's a knight of hell supposedly. So. Um, and only archangels can kill them. So if he's an archangel, then that could be a way to bring him back to kill Abaddon, possibly. But yeah, and we, the only person, and Becky and I are going to argue about this. The only person that I, they can't bring back anymore is Bobby. That's it. Shut up! Bobby, no, I don't care how they bring him back. I don't care if they bring Bobby back. I'm happy. I don't care if it's the stupidest way. She is all for really bad storytelling if it gets Jim Beaver back on the show. She doesn't care how bad the storytelling is if Jim Beaver comes back. She doesn't care at all. As long as Bobby doesn't know, I'm fine. I know how you feel. I misunderstood. I thought you meant like within the story, there's no way to bring back Jim Beaver. And I was like, well, they could, but they couldn't. Yeah, I mean, it's clever how they brought him back the first episode, I thought. I mean, I was going to say, like, I know you guys already did the podcast about the premiere, but, like, that that was the only way I was going to be happy with with them. Because I was bitter about that spoiler all summer. I was like, stop invalidating my pain and my mourning for Bobby. Stop it. I just keep taking that away from me. You me about that. I was so disappointed. I was so glad to see Bobby again, but I was disappointed that that was how they brought him back. Because why? I want him back permanently. I want him back permanently, not just the vision and She has no rationality about it. She has no rationality about it. None. She's completely rational about it. I just love Jim Beaver. A good chunk of the fans would agree with that. Like, I love Jim Beaver, too. I just look at it more from, like, a character and a storytelling standpoint of exactly, exactly what you said. Like, the death meant so much. And then every time you bring him back, it means a little less because you have to say goodbye again and again. And it's like, and that's not how life works. Um, yeah, it's the same when we back about and Dean and we're like, eh. They just bring him back permanently. They don't have to kill him off again. Just bring him back to stay. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> and, and that's we, why. And that's why you don't write for the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll, true. I will tell you. You talked a little bit earlier. Say that if it was up to everybody, they'd just be uh, Team Free Will in the bunkers uh, drinking right? hot chocolate. <laughs> and that's yeah. why yeah. cute is not good. <laughs> Very well said. But, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, we talked about that earlier, you know, how you're, you know, they're, they may listen to fans, but they can't necessarily take everything into consideration when they write it. Like, that was one of the things, though, that Jeremy Carver has been very vocal or open, at least when he's asked, about understanding, you know, the importance of these characters and how important the goodbye is and understanding that every time you bring him back, if you don't do it in the right way, can take away from what you've already built, and why would they want to take away from something they've already built? That was amazing. So, well, and, and I mean, kind of spinning off that, like I used to be really into reading fanfic when I first hit fandom, like back in Buffy days. Yeah. And a very strong buff, like a very strong fanfic trope is to bring in the homeless kid or to the homeless guy, and you know that pretty woman kind of trope. And then, sure. you know, this very much followed that trope, this episode, followed that trope, and everybody reeled back and went, ew, what? Ew. Yeah. 
And that goes to show you how whatever works for you on a fandom level doesn't necessarily translate to a television storyline. It, it doesn't always well, translate right because fan fiction and fan tropes, they exist in a bubble. Yeah. I mean, I, and I will say, like, I don't know, like, the pulling back from this and, and saying it didn't work on a certain level, I think also just came from the fact that, like, we know all of these things about Castiel that this woman supposedly didn't know in the beginning. And, and it just goes back to what I was saying earlier, whereas if we had been let in on the fact that she was playing him, I don't think it would have been as creepy as it was. Well, and because, like my mother, who my mother who watched it completely unspoiled, paused the episode and went, "Why is she taking in a homeless guy that, that oh, she exactly. just met?" And I was like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I mean, like it's, it's in the episode they had let a, let the audience in on the fact from the beginning that she wasn't actually this nice lady April who's bringing a homeless man home, that she was actually somebody who was manipulating Cass. I don't think it would have been as uncomfortable as it was because. You know, I found it uncomfortable just on the level of no no woman is going to invite a homeless man into her house, let alone then have sex with him. I don't care what he looks like. <laughs> but not to yeah, do no. that. Get raped and murdered. We're, we're, like, we're taught you don't get, we're taught, Yeah, her giving him the sandwich was the extent of what we're taught as women in humanity. And, like, that's – even that was kind of pushing it because as yeah. a woman, you're, you're indoctrinated to – whenever there's a strange man, homeless or not, you tend yeah. to put your head down and keep going. But even, right. I mean, I to be like, I, I'm speaking as a woman because I am a woman, but, like, I don't know any of my guy friends who would invite some random hobo into their house. Like, <laughs> no. Thing, you know, it's one thing if it's a friend of a friend and someone vouches for them, but you don't necessarily know them too well. But it's a completely different story when it's a stranger on the street. So, like, I, we're talking about women, but I kind of feel like anybody, even if she wasn't a woman, that was a real big leap for for us to go to just go with it, you know? Oh, I agree, and that's why I say, like, you know, there's a lot of, you know, you, you watch Pretty Woman and you go, yeah, well, it's a it's it's a spinoff of Cinderella, obviously. So okay, you have yeah. that. But then, like I say, there, that is, there is that fan fiction trope of. X, Y, you know, X is homeless and Z trips over him as he walks out of his job and I'm going to take him home because I just feel so bad for him. And then they fall in love. Yeah. It's, it's a not that exists, but it doesn't translate. Yeah, and that's a lot. Yeah. And, you, you know, going off of like what Osric said, if you listen to the fan base, well, you know, we, we kind of, we kind of, we, our, our thought process exists in a different way than the casual viewing thought process. Mm-hmm. So, I think. Anyway, we have a caller who's been holding for 24 minutes, and I want to get them on before. Thank you, guys, uh, for answering my question. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for calling. Very good conversation. Very good conversation. It was. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for calling. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Um, Bye. Okay, this person's been holding for a long time. I wanted to get them on before our live show ended, so let's bring them on. Okay. Hello? What's up, Winchester Radio? Uh, what's your name and where are you from? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, this is Stephen from Virginia. Hi, Stephen. Hey. I was thinking about something y'all said a while back about Ezekiel could have let 
cast die and said he was, didn't have the power because he was needed to hold on, needed to heal Sam. He could have lied. Mm-hmm. How is it that he didn't? But he did have the power to heal Cass so easily. If he's supposedly so weak, he has to spend all his time in Sam, healing Sam slowly from the inside while he heals himself. It just doesn't seem right that he suddenly has enough power to heal Cass if he's supposedly has I, trouble. I, I just assumed that in the time that he and Sam had been together, the time that he had been possessing Sam, that he had healed to the point to where he he could he could help Castiel, you know, but that was all he could do, basically. And I would think, you know, because how he passed out right afterwards, Ezekiel himself did. Yeah. I would think that that probably will slow down him both his and Sam's healing quite a bit. You know, they yeah. were, they got to a really good point. And, yeah. yeah. Usually we're shown that whenever the angels heal, when they can heal and they do heal, it's kind of nothing for them. They're like, yeah, poop, you're good. And yeah. this actually was shown to drain um, Ezekiel to some degree, or actually to a pretty big degree. He knew he could do it, but he knew it would take a lot out of him. But generally, it seems to be something that they're like, well, if I can do it, give me like half a second, I'm on it. Right. So I did, I rationalized it. <laughs> okay. But that's a very good question, because I'm sure a lot of mm-hmm. people are wondering the same thing. Yeah. I had several more, and, but I think they got the answer while I was on hold. <laughs> yeah, you were on hold for almost 25 minutes there, so thank you for waiting that long. We appreciate that. That's a good question. Um, thanks. Thank thanks you. for calling. Hi, Stephen. Uh, we've got about uh, five minutes left in the live show. We can, um, you know, whatever goes on after that will be recorded. Um, I do want to mention that um, we have our auctions going for Team Levi. Um, This round of auctions ends tomorrow. And we're going to put on a few more auctions tomorrow just for for a three-day, three-day really quick auction because the uh, fundraiser for Team Levi ends on October 31st so far. Supernatural Fandom, you all have raised $3,620 for Team Levi through our auction. Amazing. Great job. And if you want to check out our current auctions, you can see them. Um, the links are through our Twitter, Facebook, and our website, winchesterbros.com. Oh, and um, next week, when in, uh, next week um, we will have special guest Felicia Day on our podcast. So it'll be her third time on our show. She's always great. We love her. So make sure you tune in next week. It'll be Saturday night at 9 Eastern time. So did you have any announcements we should make, Benny? Um, I think of everything. I can't think of anything else that's, like, going on other than, you know, Chicago Con, um, Susan is not with us. We said earlier she's she's there, so she'll be uh, she's seeing been, stuff from the con for the rest of the weekend. She's got front row seats, so she tweets great pictures. Nice. And um, Jared, Jared um, made it to Jared made it to a million followers this week on Twitter. That was very cool. 
congratulations to him. Oh, People's Choice Awards. I got a, oh, my God. oh, that was the one. That was, that was something else. That was something else. Yes, People's Choice Awards nominations. Um, nominations are open. So, again, the plan per Jared and Jensen is uh, push for the nomination for Jensen in sci-fi, write in Jared for dramatic, and then vote for them. So hopefully we can get them both an award and, of course, vote for Supernatural. And then they're also, we've got them in the, yeah, we've also got Team Free Will up for a nom as well. So let's try to do a a mini-sleep. Oh, I'm disappointed to see that they eliminated the fan following, so we could win that for a second year in a row. But oh well. Well, they knew we, we they knew we'd take that without any without any trouble. So why exactly. embarrass everybody else? Right. <laughs> um, I think that's it. Um, quick thing, I just kind of want to say is you know um, we do all say that we're a part of the supernatural family and. You know, the cast and crew really believe that as well, um, especially Jared, Jensen, and Nisha, and um, all the other, everybody else who's on Twitter just, you know, encounters Supernatural. Um, just, you know, try to be with everybody. Uh, everybody sees the show a little bit differently than the next the person sitting next to them. And, you know, Becky and I are best friends, and we don't always agree. But we are respectful of each other when we don't. So try to treat others as you would want to be treated, and don't be jerks. Is all. Good, good point. To say good point there. Very good point. You know, the cast, the cast and crew are on Twitter for us, and it's fun. But they don't have to be there. It's not required of them, and. They can choose to go away at any time, and there goes our interaction, there goes our fun, there goes, you know, a way to pass the time for them and us, and let's not, let's not all pick up our toys and leave the sandbox. Treat it. And Very I good point. Treat each other how you want to be treated. I like that. Very good. Yeah. And on that note, I'm going to go have dinner. So thank uh, you, Danielle, for joining us. Me, my husband just brought me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, so I'm good, too. <laughs> So we'd like to thank Danielle, and uh, don't forget to follow her on Twitter. She is at Danielle TBD. Uh, we love her. She's fantastic. So go follow yeah, her. Thank you guys for having me. I don't recap this season, so I have no outlet for my thoughts, but now I do. So thank you for oh, having but me. But you are going to be reviewing uh, Sangasm books, right? Yeah, I, I haven't um, read both of them yet. I read the Fangasm, the new book, and then they just got me Fandom at the Crossroads, which they said is the more academic book. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have like a com- contrast. Well, no, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to see what strikes me, but I'm going re- to review both of them. Um, I mean, I'm still covering the show. I still do interviews and everything. I'm just not doing weekly recasts. Um, well, then make yeah. sure you're following her, and then her website or her blog is possible by pop culture. So check her out. And thank you to all of our callers tonight. That I think it was a record for us for our callers. So it was very, very cool. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you to everybody for listening. We appreciate it. We have so much fun talking, and we're glad that you like tuning in and listening to us. Good night, everyone. Bye.